Welcome to the Public Services Reform podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today I'm talking to Professor Bruce Sacerdote from Dartmouth College in the States. And we're going to talk about research he's been doing on the impact of Hurricane Katrina on uh, children's uh, outcomes at school. Bruce, why don't you explain what it is exactly that you've been looking at? Well, you know, there's been a lot of this was obviously a very big event in the U.S., and it affected a lot of adults and a lot of children in the whole uh, southeast area and the whole Gulf Coast area. And so I'm really focused on what happened in this paper. I'm really focused on what happened to the children who got displaced, particularly stu- children of school age. And now, ever, ever since the, uh, the advent of the No Child Left Behind Act, there's a tremendous amount of testing that goes on in the U.S. of students of, of all ages. And so I'm primarily I'm looking at how test scores were impacted for the, the kids who get evacuated. And it turns out that in a lot of cases, the, the, so I, have th- I really have three groups of evacuees. I mean, there, there are students who are evacu- evacuated from New Orleans proper, and then there's ones from what I'll call suburban New Orleans parishes like Jeff- uh, Jefferson Parish. And then there's the, the kids who were evacuated um, uh, because of Hurricane Rita, which happened about a month after Hurricane Katrina. And these, it turns out the effects are very different for these three different groups. The, the New Orleans kids actually in the long run see their test scores rise beyond where they would have, like about three years after the, uh, they start out, they, they start the period pre-hurricane being like 0.2 standard deviations below the rest of the state. And they actually end being only like 0.09 or 0.10 standard deviations below uh, three years post-hurricane. Now, in the intervening time, the hurricane is actually really bad for everyone's test scores. I mean, you see all the kids who are affected see really big drops the year of the event. But things kind of diverge from there. And the kids coming out of New Orleans, actually, the kids who get sort of kicked out of New Orleans actually end up doing better. So, Bruce, can you explain exactly what went on? So the hurricane hit, people were evacuated, some kids were able to go back to school, presumably in areas that weren't devastated by it, and that's some right. kids were assigned to all sorts of other parts of the exactly. country. Exactly, that's right. You know, you get um, you get this this huge diaspora. People have described it as the sort of biggest migration, uh, the biggest involuntary migration in the, in the U.S. in the last hundred years. And so you get kids sent as far away as Houston. A lot of kids, about 4,000 students end up in East Baton Rouge, which is about two hours away from New Orleans. And the, the students who went, um, the students who left the New Orleans MSA are, are the ones who end up doing the best. They see the largest improvements in, in, in test scores. You also see, though, the, the bulk of them, um, while, while several thousand do go to East Baton Rouge and other parts of Louisiana and 10,000 go to Houston, the bulk of them, you know, there's something like maybe 76,000 are kind of kicked out of New Orleans by the storm. The bulk of them end up in suburban New Orleans, and they and they definitely see improvements. Um, just not quite as big as some of the other, quite as big as some of the other ones. Now, everyone at at the outset, I should say that that it's a big negative for test scores in the first year, and regardless of of where you're coming from, people see see test score drops of like. Uh, 0.15 standard deviations, um, so pretty substantial drops. But the the real difference is that there seems to be a benefit, at least in terms of test scores. I mean, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of negatives on, on other fronts, but there seems to be a benefit for the New Orleans kids. And then I went on and looked at college going too. So so you can for the kids who are uh, high school seniors or approaching their senior year of high school. You know, I can ask, well, how does this affect their their rates of going to college and where they go to college? And there again, you see big disruptions in the year of, 
But for the kids who left New Orleans proper, you actually see gains. Yeah, the, the, the year after and the year after that, they're actually going to college at significantly higher rates than uh, their predecessors, kids from the same school who, who had graduated pre-Katrina. So, so that, I found that to be kind of interesting, too. So what, what do you think was, was going on here? Is, is, it, is it something like there was, there was a silver lining to the cloud that a lot of these kids were in poor neighborhoods, poor schools, you know, tough yeah. peers, mm-hmm. and they were lucky enough to, yeah. to escape. Right, really, right, exactly. I mean, that's, that's basically the thought. And, you know, I should qualify it a bit by saying that there were so many bad things that went along with it that the, uh, that is, it is a silver lining. It might be overall, I'm sure it's a huge negative for these kids and their families, but at least in terms of their test score, in terms of their academic performance and their likelihood of going to college, that's, that went up. And so uh, you know, it was really an underperforming, failing school system. And this was recognized by everyone, including the state of Louisiana, prior to the hurricane. And this was just kind of a watershed event that caused many kids to leave it and caused the whole thing to be restructured. So some kids, uh, you know, maybe a third of them end up back in, in New Orleans and in what's called now called the Recovery School District. And outcomes for those kids are better than uh, better than they were in say 2003 2004 but they're not nearly as successful as the kids that have left um, and so there's still I would say that the recovery school district is still struggling with a lot of the challenges that their predecessor uh, New Orleans Parish School District had to deal with now, now you've also looked a little bit at the, the impact on the schools that they've gone to because presumably you know lots of schools where these kids were that's know, right a big shock of having right. a load, load of kids uh, dumped on them that's right and um, I have along with two co-authors we've got another paper on this um, Scott Emberman and Adriana Kugler we've got a paper focused on what are the impacts on the receiving schools and we were surprised that the impacts weren't bigger I mean there are there is some evidence of negative impacts on these schools and Though I would put it this way, it seems like maybe a ten percent, a ten percent increase in your school size, or a a a a change in your school from having no New Orleans students to being ten percent New Orleans students, seems to be associated with with test score drops of like 0.03 standard deviations. Um, So there are definitely negative effects on test scores, but not nearly as it's not nearly as as devastating as we we might have expected doesn't seem to affect class size at all because the receiving schools, and these are both in Houston and in other parts of Louisiana, the receiving schools seem to have done a, ha- a heck of a job in hiring new teachers quickly, in some cases teachers who are themselves evacuees. So they seem to have been able to staff up uh, quickly enough that you don't see big changes in class size. You don't see segregation of the uh, New Orleans kids into sort of ghetto classrooms where they just you know had an all-New Orleans, an all-evacuee all classroom or something. And so uh, they seem to have done a lot of the right things because you don't see uh, you see big gains for New Orleans kids and you don't necessarily see large uh, negative effects for the uh, kids in receiving schools, although there's clearly something there, but it's not shockingly big. There are in the Houston data, we have found uh, negative effects on attendance and on uh, some of the discipline measures. So there is there is some evidence that something's going on there, but uh, not it's not hurting the test scores all that much. And so, so I, it seems like the evacuees are helped much more than the, the receiving school kids are hurt. You mentioned the word segregation, and I think you were referring yeah. to segregation between the New Orleans kids right. and, the, and, the, right. and, and, the, and the local kids in the places they've gone to. But is, is there some difference that you see in the data between black and white kids? Because presumably there were kids from, from both communities who, yeah. were, who had to evacuate. No, there were. And I believe that in Houston, a lot of the evacuees, the vast majority of them are black. 
And then in Louisiana, it's about half and half. About half the evacuees are black and about half are white. And the one thing that you can say, the effects seem to be about the same for both black and white evacuees. In terms of the, the peer effects on the kids in the schools where they end up, there are bigger peer effects for black students. That is to say, like those attendance effects and discipline effects that we see are bigger for black students. And this kind of makes sense because, you know, it, if there's a lot of racial affinity in who people interact with, then you, you wouldn't, it's not surprising to find out that the black peers in Houston are affected more by the arrival of, of uh, these uh, black evacuees from, from uh, Louisiana. So there, you know, there is some evidence of that. But like I say, the, the effects are, are, are spread across both groups with some, with some, with some, racial, uh, some racial element to it. Final question, Bruce. What, what, what do you think we can learn from this in terms of uh, policy advice to p- people thinking about education? I mean, this is, a, this is an amazing natural experiment. You're able right. to look at the, the effect of shifting kids from badly performing schools and see how their performance works out later in life. What, what, what do you take from that? You know, I, I think the, there's a couple of things you can learn from it. And one is that good school systems or well-functioning school systems are able to absorb even large amounts of new kids if they have to you know if they're given some support from the federal government and they're really if there's some focus on the problem they're able to absorb these kids without completely destroying the experience of the of the the existing kids and the other thing is that as bad as it is to uh it is a shock when students change from school system to school system and most of the literature thinks it's a, a, a small term shock and as bad as that is though that if you, if you're closing down a really poor school system, it's actually worth it in some sense. It's worth at least as measured by academic uh, outcomes that that they quickly kids quickly make up for that shock and all the good things, the good peers and the and the the different teachers and the better resources of the place that they move to quickly make up for the the big negative shock. And that's um, you know in some ways somewhat surprising but it's good it's good news in in a sense you know it often seems like some of these some of these urban school systems in the US are so hopeless that you feel like shutting down the worst schools may be the best approach that is so hard the problems are so endemic that uh, maybe you really need to clean house and simply shut it down and let kids go to different and better functioning places and so uh, this does seem to give you some hint that that that, that could go on successfully Bruce Sassado thank you very much my pleasure